Hello everyone and welcome to the Samic podcast. That is Samic standing for spent all my money on cardboard, as I'm sure a ton of you guys have. Uh, thanks everybody for tuning into the last episode, the last couple episodes. Um, I've been getting a little bit more plays over the last week or so, even, even after my latest episode dropped, so that was pretty nice. Got a couple more follows on Twitter. Again, um, you can follow the podcast or me on Twitter, uh, and the handle for that is at S-A-M-M-O-C. EDH. Uh, the name on it will be Samic and EDH podcast. If you're a listener, then you probably will just you know recognize it and go from there. All right. So thanks for all the continued support. Hope you guys continue to listen. Um, again, these are just gonna be short episodes, so it's a little something to listen to on your ride home or your ride to somewhere real quick. You know, a uh, little bit of uh, magic chat. Coming up soon, uh, once we get a couple more Kaldheim reveals later on this month. Uh, by the way, Happy New Year, guys. Uh, later on this month, there should be some more Kaldheim reveals. Maybe we'll do a little bit of a dive into that. Talk about some of the creatures that have been revealed and uh, give some first thoughts, right? So, today's topic is going to be indestructible enchantment creatures. And what these ones are, in particular, are... The God cards from Theros, Amonkhet, and Born of the Gods. So for any uh, other noobs out there that are unaware of these cards, um, what these cards are, they're enchantment creatures, they're indestructible, and they're not, when they're on the board, they're not a creature until your board state has met the devotion for these creatures and what devotion is is basically the total value the total amount of colored mana symbols that you have among permanents you control in their mana cost if they're multicolored then they have a devotion of seven if they're monocolored they have a devotion of five uh some of these indestructible gods actually don't even have devotion as i'm seeing right now um a couple of them don't have the devotion but a lot of or most of them do this is a spiky topic for me because I play against a couple of people that run these gods. I have a friend that runs Thassa Deep Dwelling and that has been a huge pain to play against ever since he played it against me the first time. Uh, I have some other people that aren't really too excited to play into that but it's really strong, it's really well made. Um, shout out to my friend Jesse for making such a developed deck I guess you know such a well thought out deck um, last time we played against it he got that out turn two and the whole game was a shit show i'm not gonna lie but it's just one of those things you gotta deal with you know um i have another friend that runs xenagos all the time xenagos got a rebels and that also is a bit of a pain if you don't deal with it early because once they get out xenagos followed by some kind of huge creature then someone's taking a lot of damage right so What's the benefit of running these gods? Well, number one, they're indestructible. All right. So off of that alone, you're chopping off a good half of the block that is removal spells, right? Destruction is a little more common than exile spells. All right. And a lot of, a ton 
of uh, colors, you know, most of the colors, don't do too well with spells that will make you exile someone else's permanent, all right? There are color combinations that excel in this. Orzov, looking at you, right? The the black, white, ton a ton of exile, target, non-land permanents, you know, the Utterbrands and stuff like that. Um, source of Plowshares have some exiling with white, you know, basically white and black excel in that. But all, a lot of the other colors just have destruction. Um, some minus one, minus one counters, which will work to kill these creatures once they are creatures. Um, but beyond that, you know, like, let's take green, for example. Green only has this destruction, you know, it doesn't have much of an exile. There might be some cards that you can work with uh, to comp off to exile something. But in terms of instants and sorceries themselves, not really much that to deal with. Uh, a lot of situations like this arise where you're kind of crapped, uh, crapped out on the table. You know, you, you are in search of an answer and your colors just don't have it or you don't have it in your deck because of the, the limited availability of spells along that matter. Um, and it kind of sucks. So people that play these uh, enchantment gods are already ahead. All right. Let's say that they're already ahead of the curve or not the curve, but they're already ahead of the table uh, due to the fact that they're instructed. But anyways, um, if people in your group or people you play against are playing these cards, this might actually be a, a good sort of influencer for you to look for more removal spells that aren't just destruction, right? Uh, my friend told me if people are playing these kind of creatures, you have to punish them. They're playing these indestructible creatures just to remove their stuff as best you can all the time. You know, or not all the time, but, but a lot of the time. Right? Don't give them the chance to pop off because their creature is indestructible and people can't deal with it, right? And also don't wait for other people to deal with it. Because if you do that, then the whole table is going around in circles waiting for someone to exile it or get rid of it. And you're going to get nowhere. And then the person who's playing that card is going to get everywhere, all right? So what we're going to do now is we're going to go down the list in the gatherer of these gods, list what they do, and then uh, give my sort of take on these uh gods so starting off we have Aetherios, god of passage from journey into the nyx indestructible as long as your devotion to white and black is less than seven Aetherios is a creature this is an orzov enchantment creature whenever another creature you, uh whenever another creature you own dies i thought i said control there for a second but own dies return it to your hand unless target opponent plays pays three life on the surface this ability doesn't seem too great because i'm sure a lot of people will just pay the three life early on so if you get something really good and then you get something like uh, a nice a nice combo going um there will be that one person that will just say you know i pay three life whatever um let it go to your graveyard so i'm assuming people that play this run a lot of reanimation to bring back uh, the cards that they need. But you know, I'm not entirely sure. On the surface, it doesn't seem like that great of an ability. And once you get your opponents low and you keep bringing out stuff like, uh, let's say, Plague Crafter, stuff like that, right? Where you bring it in, everyone sacks a creature and then you sack it, bring it to your graveyard, unless, you know, or uh, 
rather use the ability, right? A return to your hand, let's target opponent plays three life. And when that three life actually matters, then that's when it gets a little spicy, right? But you have to make it to that point first. Although I will say it has a very low mana cost. It's only one generic, a white and a black. Uh, I guess it's okay for going fast if you can come up with some kind of combo or look up some kind of combo. So, eh, all right. Next up, we have another Aetherios. This is Aetherios Shroud Veiled. This is four generic, white, black. As long as your devotion to white and black is less than seven, Aetherios isn't a creature. At the beginning of your end step, put a coin counter on another target creature. Whenever a creature with a coin counter dies or is put into exile, return that card to the battlefield under your control. This seems like a pretty interesting fun ability you put these counters on your opponent's creatures that they value you destroy it and then you bring it back on your side and then you just shove it in their face all right i, I don't have to play against this right now who knows maybe i will one day but i've i can already taste the salt from this card if performed really well god off but again, seems really fun. Seems like something I would like to try. But I already know I get a, I'd get punished for that. <laughs> Next up we have Bonsu the Glorified. This is mono black, two generic and a black. It has menace and indestructible. Bonsu the Glorified can't attack or block unless a creature died under your control this turn. You may pay one in a black and sack another creature to scry one. Each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. Eh. You know, eh. Small mana cost, or smaller than the others. An okay ability that lets you scry, each opponent loses one and then you gain one. You are in mono black, so I'm not sure there's that many ways to generate some kind of infinite mana to, to do something like this. I'm sure there's ways to generate infinite creature tokens that you can, you know, sack willy nilly. But, I don't know. Uh, at least from my point of view, it seems kind of limited. Uh, I'm sure if I looked at decks, some people might have come up with some some ingenious way of uh, infinite creatures, infinite sacks, to or and, and infinite mana or something like that to uh, ping everyone for one life and then just gain life. Or rather, I can already see cards in here like uh, Veto, Thornveiled. Or, um, what's that card? Exsanguin, Exsanguinate, uh, Exquisite Blood, stuff like that. I definitely see a place like that in here. Uh, but seems okay. Not too great. Not really too crappy. Just alright. Next up we have Afara, God of the Polis. As long as your devotion to white and blue is less than seven, Afara isn't a creature. This is two generic, one white, one blue. At the beginning of each upkeep, if you had another creature enter the battlefield under your last turn, draw a card. Now that I'm looking at this closely, it says each upkeep. So, if you have some sort of effect that is triggered on opponent's turn that brings you know some kind of token onto your side, you have a fantastic draw engine. I love draw engines like this. 
Commanders that you can run that have a draw engine built into them are fantastic. One that I've used before is Arcades the Strategist, which has like a defender draw card uh, engine. And that was so fun because a lot of the game you'll be ahead of your opponent. So again, if you can make some kind of, uh, if you have some kind of way to generate tokens on your opponent's turns, it seems fantastic. You're always drawing cards. Your hand's always going to be full. You can cast multiple spells a turn. You're going through your deck, reaching the combo pieces that you need. Sounds good. There's nothing in this ability that really does, uh, really damages your opponents that much, but beyond the uh, card advantage that you generate, but it seems pretty cool. Next up, we have Erebos, Black Hearted. As long as your devotion to black is less than five, Erebos isn't a creature. Whenever another creature you control dies, you may pay two life if you do draw a card. You may pay one in a black, sack another creature. Target creature gets minus two, minus one until end of turn. Uh, I don't see much value in this card at all. Does seem that great. The mana cost is three generic and one black. It's an okay mana cost. The ability to sack a creature to give something minus two minus one counters, kind of ass. Whenever another creature you control dies, you may pay two life if you do draw a card. Also kind of ass. Two life for one card draw. Um, you're just funneling your life to keep drawing your deck. You know, sacking your tokens with a sack outlet. It just doesn't seem good at all. At least to me. All right. Next up, we have Erebos. God of the Dead. As long as your devotion to black is less than five, Erebos isn't a creature. Three generic and one black is the mana cost. Your opponents can't gain life. Pay one black and one generic. Pay two life, draw a card. Again, paying two life to draw a card. And on top of that, you're paying one and a black. And you're mono black. I just don't, I just don't see the fantastic value in this, you know? I get paying life and drawing cards, all right? I get it. But there's cards that probably just do that better. That will say like, when you lose life, draw that many cards. Stuff like that is just way better than this pay two life to draw one card. I don't know. Your life is a resource, but once you start pumping out your health like that to draw cards, people are gonna notice and they're gonna take advantage of that. It doesn't seem too fantastic to me. Next up, we have Hazaret the Fervent. Three generic, one red. Incredible. Uh, I was about to say incredible. <laughs> Indestructible and haste. That's pretty cool. It has haste. Um, although it probably won't matter again. Well, actually, no. It will matter. Because this is one of the few that don't have a devotion requirement. Um, the other one was Bantu the Glorified. It also did not have a devotion requirement. So you can... In that case, I guess I see it as being a little more valuable. Let, let me jump back to Bantu. Because it doesn't have the devotion cost, so you can use it to swing immediately. And it has Menace. And it's a 4-6. But, eh, again, still. I'm not too sure. Hazard, back to Hazard the Fervent. Uh, can't attack or block unless you have one or fewer cards in hand. You may pay two in a red, discard a card. Hazaret deals two damage to each opponent. You're in mono red, that's a pretty expensive ability. Um, 
you the fact that you have to empty your hands to even use it to attack it is a 5-4 indestructible with haste you know but I don't know having to discard your hand doesn't seem that good yeah you can pump the mana into the ability to discard your hand and deal damage to them but how far are you gonna get I don't I, don't, I see a very low ceiling here with this card next up we have Heliod God of the Sun three generic and one white as long as your devotion to white is less than five Heliod isn't a creature other creatures you control have vigilance you may pay two generic and two white to create a 2-1 white cleric enchantment creature token holy moly this card seems like ass the ability on it or the paid uh, the activated ability seems so bad all you get out of this is just vigilance for your creatures waste of a god card but next up we got the better heliod the infinite master heliod sun crown as long as your devotion to white is less than five heliod isn't a creature the mana cost is two generic one white whenever you gain life put a plus one plus one counter on target creature or enchantment you control keyword creature or enchantment you control meaning you can target Heliod himself even when he's not a creature fantastic you may pay one generic one white another target creature gains life leak until the end of the turn obviously the most uh basic infinite combo would just be Heliod walking ballista give walking ballista life link remove a counter from walking ballista to ping someone for damage boom you gain a health you put another counter back on walking ballista rinse and repeat infinite counters infinite damage you ping all your opponents to death that same turn disgusting you better hope someone doesn't counter it because that'll suck um there's a couple other combos in here that work there's also another creature like walking ballista you remove a counter do a, do a damage it's a little more i think it's like six mana cost i forgot exactly what it's called there's also another like five card combo or a four card combo there's like a creature um gosh, i don't remember the name but i know i, I saw it because i was looking up combos for this because i was thinking about making a Heliod sun crown deck i thought about it but i didn't want to be a degenerate infinite player it's just too easy for me it's too easy all right i like to keep it spicy I like to keep it juicy I like to challenge myself i like to lose a lot of games all right it's a sad truth I lose more than I win, but it is what it is. Um, there's another combo with Heliod where there's a creature that doesn't untap unless you gain life. When you gain life, you untap it. You attach an equipment to it that says creature, target creature has like tap, deal one damage to, I think it's like creature or player or something like that. So you give it lifelink, you deal damage, boom, you gain a health. It untaps. Uh, give it a plus one. Do whatever the hell you want, right? Tap it again. Deal damage. You see the cycle, right? This game runs in cycles. Next up, we have Aroes, God of Victory. Two generic, one red, one white. Indestructible. As long as your devotion to red and white is less than seven, Aroes isn't a creature. Creatures you control have menace. Prevent all damage that will be dealt to attacking creatures you control. This is Boros, so. I'm sure people will see it if you run it as a commander and not really care because Boros is okay 
You know, there it could it could work under the right circumstances, under the right builds. But other combos, other other color combos just seem a little more strong. But definitely a great addition for decks that have Boros in them, uh, such as like Anaya has the Boros co uh, color combo in it in the color identity. So definitely worth running because it does give your creatures menace, and menace is kind of tough to deal with, especially if you're pumping out big creatures that you want to that your opponents wants to block. But it's okay. One again, one see it as a commander, so I would see it as a piece of the ninety-nine, as is it in my deck that i have of naya color identity it is in my 99 because i need that menace all right i need that extra threat i want my threat level to be defcon 5 all right next up we have karametra god of harvests uh three generic one green one white as long as your devotion to green and white is less than seven karametra isn't a creature whenever you cast a creature spell you may search your library for a forest or a plains card put it onto the battlefield tapped then shuffle your library. It's free ramp when you cast creature spells, but that's it. It just gets you a little bit ahead of the mana curve if you're not missing any land drops. If you are missing land drops, it makes up for it. You just cast a couple creatures, boom, get some more lands. You can't use them until next turn though, because they come in tapped. But you know what? If they came in untapped, it'd be kind of busted, not gonna lie. Put a bunch of mana dorks in there, cast a bunch of mana dorks, bing, bang, boom bring out a bunch of lands you know if they were untapped it'd be a problem but yeah at least they're tapped i could see uh amulet of vigor being useful in this deck because you can make the lands actually come in untapped and then use them immediately that seems like a fantastic addition to a deck like this next up we have kefnet the mindful two generic one blue flying indestructible this is not one with a devotion cost Kefnet the Mindful can't attack or block unless you have seven or more cards in hand. Let me drink some water. I'm getting a little dry here. Alright. You may pay three and a blue, draw a card, then you may return a land you control to its owner's hand. Three and a blue to draw one card. Then you may return a land you control to its owner's hand. So... This whole thing just seems awful. It can't attack or block unless you have seven or more cards in hand. You need a full hand to even use it. It's a 5-5. Five, five. Sure, the mana cost is really small, two and a blue. But the ability to hefty cost, three and a blue, to draw a card, and then you bounce a land back. I just, you know, it's blue. There's not, it doesn't have support for multiple land drops per turn like azusa and stuff like that the green has you know i i just don't see it i don't see the potential next up we have karanos god of storms three generic a blue and a red as long as your devotion to blue and red is less than seven karanos isn't a creature reveal the first card you draw on each of your turns whenever you reveal a land card this way draw a card Whenever you reveal a non-land card this way, Karanos deals 3 damage to any target. I don't see this as being that great of a card. Because at the beginning of each turn, you're basically showing your opponents what you're, what you're top decking. You know, and 
information is one of the most valuable aspects of this game when it comes to assessing your opponents and their threat. When everyone's seeing everything that you're picking up, unless you hit a land. If you hit a land, you're golden. You get two you get two draws at the beginning of your turn. If you don't hit a land, everyone knows that you just drew that expropriate. Everyone knows that you just drew that counter spell. Everyone knows that you just drew um you know a storm spell. And they're gonna prepare for that. And it's just not that great it could backfire really easily if you have ways to manipulate the top three of your deck or even more than that you know let's say you run soothsaying and you can manipulate like as much as you want and kind of collate it with like a land non-land land non-land non so that it lines up and you're getting the two drops per turn yeah but if not and you're not doing it consistently this just seems like it goes against you. Next up, we have Clothis, God of Destiny. One generic, a red and a green. As long as your devotion to red and green is less than seven, Clothis isn't a creature. At the beginning of your pre combat main phase, exile a card from a graveyard. If it was a land card, add red or green. Otherwise, you gain two life, and Clothis deals two damage to each opponent. Just okay just okay the mana part you're going to be exiling you know whatever fetch lands they have or you know, the evolving wilds the terramorphic expanses stuff like that and you'll maybe you'll get a free mana when you need it to pop off early um but other than that i mean is there much really going into graveyards throughout the early game i mean yeah sure a couple of instant sorceries but by the time you really get something going with this your opponents will already be set up for whatever combos they have lined up and the two damage to each opponent won't stack fast enough doesn't seem that great you know red i don't think red and green is really great for milling people out to have good targets to exile with this anyways so overall kind of a crappy card anybody else agree with me am i alone here next up we have crew fix god of horizons this is a this is an interesting card. As long as your devotion to green and blue is less than seven, Krufix isn't a creature. You have no maximum hand size. That's already fantastic. All right, you got blue, you got card draw, you got green, you got some okay card draw, you're cooking. If you would lose unspent mana, that mana becomes colorless instead. Fantastic. You, you set up one turn, and the next turn you cast a huge spell, all right? If they remove it um, and it's not your turn, I believe the mana remains until your next turn. Uh, I'm not sure the entire ruling on that. I think I read that somewhere. I'd have to double check. But, you know, I, I guess unfortunately the mana becomes colorless, right? Instead of keeping it the same color. They have, you know, that Leyline Tyrant that came out recently um, where you don't lose red mana. It stays red and then you use basically use it as a bomb. This seems like it was a jumping off point for something like that. And it seems pretty fun, you know? Um, you will have to tap out uh, on someone's end step to get the mana. So I guess it's, it's whatever, but you know, if some people can anticipate that, maybe they'll pull something cheeky, but I don't know. 
Next up we have Mogus, God of Slaughter. As long as your devotion to black and red is less than seven, uh, Mogus isn't a creature. It is too generic, one red, one black. Uh, I don't remember if I said it for the last one, so I'm gonna backtrack. Crewfix was three generic, one green, one blue. Mogus is, again, two generic, one black, one red. At the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, Mogus deals two damage to that player unless they stack a creature. This seems great because you shove in a bunch of cards that boost the damage that you do with Mogus. You know, you, you throw in a Fiery Emancipation, you throw in a Torbrand, you, you start pinging people for double or triple of the value that the base card has and then it becomes a problem they're gonna start sacking those creatures because they don't want to take six upwards of six or more damage you know um it's a very spicy card and not to mention it's a seven five indestructible all right if you get to the point where you get this as a creature and someone doesn't have a blocker because they sacked the creature they're gonna take that hit three hits with this commander and they're done so but I'm sure most of the damage you'll be doing with this isn't really from command, uh, combat damage anyways. But just a bit of an added bonus. Really great card. Next up we have Nylea, God of the Hunt. Indestructible. Other creatures you control have trample. You may pay three generic and one green. Target creature gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. The cost for this card is three generic and one green. Honestly, for me... This is just a card for the 99. Giving everything trample is cool and all. But it seems like something that would just be good as just an enchantment. You know, the ability is expensive. Three generic, one green. To give something plus two, plus two. Not that great. There are, honestly, there are better alternatives for giving stuff trample. Um, that are enchantments that you might be able to work out other than this but you know it is what it is you got what you got next up we have Nylea keen-eyed as long as you devote this is a three generic one green as long as your devotion to green is less than five Nylea isn't a creature creature spells you cast cost one less to cast you may pay two in a green to reveal the top of your library if it's a creature card put it into your hand otherwise you may put it into your graveyard cool because if you're running a creature heavy deck you get the draw people will know what it is but you know whatever you get the cost reduction on creatures with the creature spells you cast cause one less to cast but i just see this as card of the 99 don't see as much of a value as a commander but definitely might generate you a good amount of value in the 99 you know off of the cost reduction itself <clears throat> Next up, we have Oketra the True. Three generic, one white. Double strike, indestructible. This doesn't have a devotion. Oketra the True can't attack or block unless you have at least three other creatures. You may pay three and a white to create a one-one white warrior creature token with vigilance. It's all right, you know? I had a friend run this before. Um, they definitely did some damage with it. In the right hands, this could be a very scary deck. Uh, in the wrong hands, who cares, right? Mono white. Um, that's not a diss on mono white, by the way. In case 
you know, my friend Guy is listening. My, I, I love Mono White, all right? I would love to play Mono White after Call Time comes out, all right? But, you know, moving on. Next up, we have Farica, God of Affliction. It's one generic, a black and a, uh, black and a green. As long as your devotion to black and green is less than seven, Farica isn't a creature. Exile, you may pay a green and a black. Exile target creature card from a graveyard. Its owner creates a 1-1 black and green snake enchantment creature token with death touch. This card screams, who cares? Don't see any value of it in the 99, nor do I see any value of it as a commander. Who cares? Next up we have Fanax, God of Deception. Three generic, one blue, one black. Uh, it does have the seven devotion. Creatures you control have tap, target player mills X cards where X is this creature's toughness. This card is fantastic. All right. Blake from the Wizard Staff podcast. If you're listening, if there's some lucky chance that you're listening, if we ever get to play together and I have this card, I will build a deck around this commander and I will quote me right now. I will mill you out and you will have to buy me that beer that you've been talking about on your guys' podcast. All right. Um, not to throw out my strat here, but I mean, you know, there are tons of walls in these colors that have high toughness. You just make someone mill like crazy. All right. Um, not to mention, uh, you keep some walls up to block for blockers and you're chilling, you know, touch me. Go ahead. Touch me. Touch me. I'll mill half your deck, buddy. I don't care. All right. I don't care. Next up, we have Perforos Bronze Blooded. Four generic, one red. These these Perforoses are probably the more popular ones out of the whole god thing. Five devotion. Other creatures you control have haste. Two and a red. You may put a red creature card or artifact creature from your hand onto the battlefield. Sack it at the beginning of the next end step. Uh, fantastic in the 99 because it gives creatures haste. It's kind of expensive being a 5 CMT. The abilities, okay. You know, it's it's okay. The haste giving is fantastic. The activated ability with the cost is all right. You have to sack at the beginning at the beginning of the next end step. But I guess if you have an option to pull something out quick, you know, you pull out an Ilharg into another creature and you get a nice little combo off. Um, could be really good. Uh, definitely seems like a really great card for Oketra, or not Oketra, sorry, Obeka, which came out in Commander Legends, because with Obeka, you can get past these at the beginning of the next end step effects and keep the creature onto the battlefield. So, you know, great for the 99. Next up, we have Perforos, God of the Forge, three generic, one red, five devotion. Uh, whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, Perforos deals two damage to each opponent. You may pay two generic, one red. Creatures you control gain plus one attack until end of turn. Plus one power, sorry. Technicalities. I have a friend that runs this. Fantastic, uh, commander. Probably just an okay, uh, 99. If it were in a 99, you know, I definitely see this as being in Mogus, God of Slaughter. If Mogus was the leading commander, but... 
works really well since you know there are a lot of inexpensive goblins you can do a goblin tribal with this you can do tons of things with this the options are endless mono red has a ton of small cost creatures you can pump out or you know you put Cranko in here and you get so many goblins each turn i keep saying goblins because goblins like the most prevalent theme in mono red but you know there's tons of stuff you can do with this um i've had experience playing against this it is definitely troublesome a lot of people leave the perforous player alone for like the first half of the game and then everyone's like oh snap we're at 20 health guys what are we gonna do he has a bunch of chump blockers what are we gonna do guys it becomes a problem all right especially if they know a good combo next up we have ronis the indomitable uh two generic one green it's a five five um death touch indestructible ronis the indomitable can't attack or block unless you have another creature unless you control another creature with power four or greater you may pay two generic one green another target creature gets plus two power plus zero toughness and gains trample until end of turn it's just an all right ability but um death touch indestructible you know death touch indestructible five five low cmc it's only three you know you can get this out turn one with the right combo super easy you do need another creature to attack but i'm sure whoever builds this deck would just make that super easy you know get hits off early get the commander damage out it's all right i played against this again it was you know my friend who ran thassa he's a good player he makes good decks so he won um so i've seen what it can do in the right hands the right build so it's an okay card it's pretty good next up we have thassa deep dwelling oh thassa god damn it three generic one blue as it has the five devotion at the beginning of your end step exile up to one other target creature you control then return that card to the battlefield under your control you may pay three in a blue tap another target creature i've had my friend run this and steal all of our creatures tap all of our creatures down play a crap ton of cards out of his deck draw like 30 percent of his deck while we're still struggling on like turn three turn four it's tough it's tough to play against it's fantastic this is this excels as a commander it is mono blue it has a lot of e mono blue has a lot of etb effects you know it's scary it's scary i'm gonna say it. it's scary all right next up we have the weaker thassa that's the god of the sea two generic one blue uh five devotion at the beginning of your upkeep scry one so you know that works as a nice filter for you to go through your deck pull out your combo pieces you may pay one in the blue target creature you control can't be blocked this turn definitely great in a 99 when you have a commander that's uh really strong and you want the attacks to get through for commander damage if you go for that kind of thing um don't know how it is as a commander yet i've been thinking about trying it uh the common theme is sea tribal not really tribal but sea themed but a lot of the sea creatures are super expensive in mana cost so it's just whatever you know i'm sure i could find some nice little blue permanents that have combat damage triggers that will benefit me it's for the future all right i'm putting it off and last but not least xenagos god of rebels three generic one red one green seven devotion 
At the beginning of combat on your turn, another target creature you control gains haste and gets plus X plus X until end of turn, where X is that creature's power. You pump a creature up each combat, you give it haste, you smack people in the head. It's tough to let get out of control. I know that for a fact. If you remove it a bunch of times, you're chilling. No problem. You know, in most of these commander games, you remove someone's commander three times. They're out of the game. Their, their deck is revolving around their commander. Um, if they can function without the commander, then, you know, fantastic. But a lot of decks are built around the commander. Um, so it's just, just a tough time. But Xenagos, you let it pop off early. Uh, it's tough. I played my friend's Xenagos deck. I got Xenagos out turn two. And then I absolutely decimated the whole table like turn four, by turn four. And uh, it was tough, you know. You, and what works really well with this is extra combat steps. Because again, it's at the beginning of combat on your turn. So each combat, you're going to get that pump effect. Just stacking a creature up over and over and over. Kind of scary. All right, kind of scary if used in that way. I did just, just acquire Xenagos, the edge foil from Commander Legends. Um, but uh, that's for another day. All right. So, to sum it up, if you use these god creatures, you know, some of them have fantastic abilities that you can abuse to hell. All right. People won't see it coming, or maybe they will. And, you know, you just give it to them anyways. But definitely some fantastic options as commanders or 99 in here definitely some really crappy options that aren't even worth touching with a 10-foot pole all right um but like i said earlier these are very hard to remove you have to exile them give them minus one minus one counters until you make them reach zero so they die you can you know morph them into a blob or something there's some cards like that and their abilities will be lost. But a lot of the time, if someone builds their deck correctly, none of that will be a problem. They'll get it out. They'll use the max value from these cards and the rest of the table is hurt. Just having an, again, just having an indestructible commander provides so much value. Holy moly, this has been a long episode. Um, Thank you guys for listening. If you're still here at the end, I know this is like almost double the amount of my normal episodes. Uh, there are a lot of gods. I just want to go over them. Um, I've been thinking about trying some more, some of these out. Uh, hence why I got the Xenagos, you know, whatever. We're not going to talk about that. I don't want to, you know, spoil anything. But, <clears throat> um, yeah. I mean, if you guys have really good decks revolving around these commanders... Uh, tag me on Twitter, DM me, send them to me. I'd like to see them, get some ideas, you know. Or uh, if you just want to show off, then by all means. This has been Geo with the Samic Podcast. Happy New Year, everyone. Remember, uh, COVID-19 is still prevalent. Numbers are still rising in certain places. Make sure you guys are washing your hands constantly. And to follow up on that, make sure you're putting lotion on. Because goddamn, I'm washing my hands like 20 times a day. And my hands are cracked, man. They are cracked like a middle schooler on Fortnite. All right. Hurt. Skin's peeling. It's not too good. All right. 
wash your hands, moisturize, wear your masks, avoid large social gatherings, stay inside, you know, abide by curfew if your guys' cities or counties have that, do what you gotta do, but most importantly, stay safe. Here's to another year, here's to new sets, new reprints, new friends, new magic games, um, and you know, the sky's the limit. So I'll catch you guys in the next one. Peace out.